WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. What is an elemental? How can spirits have memories? What's with all these triangular UFOs? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 430th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And those emails uh, keep coming. So this evening, we are going to bring you another open line show. Well, that means you're also welcome to call in, certainly, uh, 248-545-7685. So let's get to it. All right, number one. This is from Nick in Marietta, Ohio. All righty, Nick from Marietta, Ohio. He writes to us, Hi, Paul and Ben. I love your show and how you cover so many subjects in the paranormal that I have never thought about. I grew up in a haunted house in Pennsylvania, and I could not wait to get out of there after college, uh, but it made me interested in the paranormal. So far, I have uh, taken your advice and not gone out ghost hunting and not used things like Ouija boards. Good. I read books. Uh, so I, far. So far. So far. So far. Ominous words. I read books, watch documentaries, and listen to your show. I am now studying up on ancient spiritual beliefs, and I keep running into the term uh, spirit or elemental spirit. Uh, my question is, what is your definition of this, and do you ever encounter them? Well, I'm glad you <clears throat> glad you asked that, Nick. It's a very good question, and it, it really is something I've always been very interested in. Uh, so I made a few notes here. And Ben, please you know, pipe up as you see fit. Okay. Uh, an elemental is essentially a nature spirit. Uh, they're probably the most ancient concept in human spirituality. They were or were believed to be spirits of a or a personification of one of the four elements that the ancient realized, hence the term elemental, earth, air, fire, and water. Uh, some scholars see five elements in ancient science, earth, wind, fire, water, and ether. Wasn't that a band? Earth, wind, and fire, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Usually I'm no good after 1700 or 1800, anyway. Well, this was the 70s, but not the 1770s. No, no, that, that's my time. Uh, earth, wind, fire, water, and ether which is something that fills the space where none of the others are, okay? That, they are, that was a strange concept until, until relatively recently in science. People might feel, see, hear, or otherwise experience these entities. We, we could do a whole show on this, because my notes are so long, we might. Uh, anyway, when, when they visited their native environments, that is, these elemental spirits' native environments, in other words, if you visited a sacred well or a lonely brook or a pond, you might meet the water spirit who lived there. No, sort of like the Lady of the Lake. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, exactly. And this theme has been in literature, uh, all the way, even, even in Shakespeare. Um, now, people are often surprised to hear that these beliefs carried over quite smoothly into Christianity, as did many pagan beliefs. Uh, in England, almost 25 years ago now, I visited a, quote, holy well uh, or spring in the middle of nowhere in the county of uh, dear old Devon, where all our aunt, half our ancestors came from. I could never find out if it was associated with any particular local saint, but it was little known beyond the local villages, and I 
I don't know, I was told it had been considered holy since Roman times. Now, if you ever want to find anything out in England about what's really going on, you don't read the newspaper, you know, you, you go to a pub. Because they're the local people who know what's happening. All right, that's how I found out about this. Uh, but anyway, I, I sort of got out of my car and I kind of went down this really steep hill uh, into some woods. And of course, the the view was just breath. You've been to Devon, you know. Yeah. And this is up in the hills too. Just absolutely breathtaking. And into this little copse or group of trees, and there were a bunch of sheep lo- sheep looking at me very inquisitively. And uh, there was a, just a stream coming from this spring, and that this was the, the holy well. There was a very strong and very serene presence there. The spot was very isolated, uh, but it looked like there was nobody around for miles except these the sheep and myself. Uh, and they were rather nosy, actually. So I followed the ancient custom at such places. I said a prayer and drank a little of the water. Uh, many solitary saints lived in places like that. And if you look back in pagan times, you had uh, many gods were in places like that, or, 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 or prophets, or priests, priests, or priestesses you know, were in places like this. Some of the great oracles of ancient times were in places where there were holy springs. So this, this is an old, old theme in human spirituality. Um, so anyway, uh, among the uh, folk beings that are directly traced to the belief in elementals are water beings like mermaids, we're all familiar with, or at least heard about, uh, air elementals like sylphs, some fairies, and even angels, fire elementals like dragons and salamanders, as they were called, not the adorable little amphibians, but uh, sort of uh, creatures that were you know, sort of based on fire, and lots of earth elementals, especially gnomes, trolls, and guys like that. Uh, the idea and the experience of the elemental seems to be so rooted in the human psyche, like, like archetypes that Carl Jung talked about, he keeps coming up on the show, uh, that it even comes out in modern literature, including Shakespeare. Now, at one point in The Tempest, I'm sure you studied in English class, Ben. Actually, I didn't. Uh, oh, dear. Well, this will all be new to you then. Uh, Yay. Prospero frees an air elemental named Ariel, which is also a Hebrew traditional name of one of the angels, uh, from a tree, freeze, freeze this elemental from a tree, and in return, Ariel causes a big storm, so it must have been an air spirit elemental, that helps Prospero get out of the jam he's in. So, and, and even in a modern movie, this, I think you studied it in this one, uh, the modern movie, most of those cool X-Men people are like elementals. Oh, yeah. Like using powers based on earth, air, fire, and water, right? Well, Am I right? So, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, actually, you could probably cite an even better example, which is... Anyone who is a child of the late 80s would know Captain Planet, the cartoon. All right. What about it? All the little adorable characters had these rings that had different elements to them, except for one of them who had heart, and heart was the most useless. And, <laughs> oh, dear. I yeah, might disagree was, with that. Well, and they all combined them to create Captain Planet, who is an environmental... Was it like, like, like the Care Bears Gone Superhero or something? No. Uh, it was more like an environmentalist superhero. Oh, I remember that now. That's right. I'd yep. walk into the room, you'd have it on. And I yes. always was very careful about what you watched on television. Maybe I should have been more careful. No, okay. No, Captain Planet was a good show. All right. Okay, all right, <laughs> good, good. Okay. Well, this is an example. It's, it's carried over in, into the modern uh, Oh yeah. The modern psyche, certainly. Um, it's in a lot of things, if you really think about it. Video games, movies, TV shows, books. Yeah. It's all over the place. We should get your brother here. He, he could, he could, he, he's the... Uh, I don't know, guy who's ex- expert on video games. I play as many video games as he does. Actually, he plays. That would be hard games. to do. Anyway, yeah. 
but well, I don't have time. Keep your nose in your books. Anyway, uh, people have always experienced elementals around water, especially like that holy well, uh, all the way from springs to the ocean and even the rain. Forests and even specific trees and plants are great places to hobnob with them. Some uh, are uh, friendlier than others, however. Uh, now, you, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you've had experiences in our woods here. Have I? Oh, I have, haven't I? Yes, yeah, a long time ago. Well, uh, I haven't been in there lately. I don't really remember. Uh, I just remember, I don't, I don't I, th- I might have been like four or five years old, but I do remember um, with a few of my cousins walking around the woods and we turned around and saw this really, all I remember is like this black thing with like big red eyes. And that's all I really remember. Oh, you had a Mothman experience. No, 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 no. Could it be an elemental like, too. It was like eye level. Okay. Not, it wasn't very, very, very that maybe he was very, kneeling down. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just remember that unless I dreamt it, which I don't really remember if I did or not. All right. Well, that, that that's reliable. But anyway, uh, nutty as it may sound. Uh, and Ben, I don't think you remember that. You don't remember our old place that no. well. No. Uh, there was an old maple tree at our old uh, house and, and property that was I, I thought was downright hostile. Didn't like us. So, uh, most of the trees were friendly. That sounds sounds silly to talk about this, but this is really uh, rooted in in our experience of, yeah, of some kind of power. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm sorry, that was unintentional. They're the worst. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, anyway, uh, these elementals can also be found in swamps and bogs, uh, in the mountains, and even around certain minerals. Now, at various times in history, elementals also have gotten the blame for earthquakes, floods, hurricanes, and tornadoes, thunderstorms, and fires. Must be an awful lot around New England lately. Oddly enough, I've actually known poltergeists to release their native energies to start fires. At other times, uh, they have been credited, that's elementals, not poltergeists, uh, with saving people and even the whole planet. Shamanic practice intimately ties into elementals. You should know that better than anybody. Uh, there are theological concepts that elementals are actually aspects of the supreme god or goddess, uh, almost like cells in his or her body. And uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, from my earliest memories, I've always been vividly and deeply aware of what can only be called consciousness in nature, looking back on it. Uh, from a young age, I believe uh, that I could feel their presence and that is kind of persisted in spite of a very long and very scholastic academic career. Uh, the question to me is, are these elementals real and not just electrical impulses or electron- electromagnetics being picked up by our own brains or by electric fields? Oh, are you posing that question to me? Well, I'm posing it to both of us. Oh, wow. Well, poisoning it to both well, Go ahead. Poison- po- yes. Posing are, it to both We are being uh, poisoned by the I hate this question. time change. I know. I'm not a fan of it either. But... Well, I, I, I suppose. I mean, there's a lot of reasons as to why. I mean, I haven't had much experience in it besides running around. Well, you have. Woods. You just don't know it. A lot, a lot of people don't don't know that they, that they this is what they're experiencing. Oh, right. I think. Anyway. Well, I did always have some sort of a fascination with, um, like, sort of the, the Shinto, I, for lack of better words, a Shinto idea of things, of everything having its own little spirit. Well, a lot, a lot of ancient religions feel that way. Yeah. Most I, all. Really, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Animism got into this, but I spent a lot of time as a kid hanging around woods and fields and rivers, and grew up next to the Connecticut River and the brooks and all this, uh, all different times of the year, and it was quite interesting. So yeah. anyway, long story short, I believe they are real and independent entities. Uh, bearing in mind our contention that almost nothing in the paranormal is what it appears to be, our elementals what they appear to be. I think yes, 
and no? Well, we'll finish answering that question in just a minute. We are going to take a break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. And New Sky Radio, I should say radio.com. We'll be right back. So stay with us to hear more about elementals and a lot, of more, a lot more stuff. Be right back. Coming up Monday on New Sky Radio at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, it's Intuitive Soul and Friends with host Lori Houston. Coming up at 2 p.m. Eastern, it's interviews with Donna Visaki and Kimmy Rose. Join Donna and Kimmy for in-depth interviews and conversations with today's spiritual leaders. At 4 p.m. Eastern, it's The Crystal Andrus Show with Crystal Andrus and Natalie Hughes. Empowering, enlightening, and educational. The Crystal Andrus Show is a no-nonsense live coaching show that will lift you to the highest levels of consciousness. Coming up at 5 p.m. Eastern, save your money with Tony House. Tony has the tips and insight to help you save tons of money every day. At 7 p.m. Eastern Time, it's Visions with Barbara Mackey. Dial in early. The phones are hot. And at 9 p.m. Eastern, it's Angels and Answers with Artie Hoffman. Sexy and intuitive. All kinds of fun. Dial in and join Artie with the party on New Sky Radio. For more on these shows and all New Sky Radio shows, check out NewSkyRadio.com slash show. New Sky Radio and Radio.com. Powered by CBS Radio. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com and Psychic Radio, PsychicOnAir.com. Powered by CBS Radio. AOL and Yahoo is unlike any talk radio station. With a mission to improve the world one listener at a time. This is where you can be the star of your own show. Our listeners are truly unique, truly interactive, and passionate about their world. The Sky and Psychic Radio listeners genuinely care about the environment, social justice, their personal health, and raising people up to live their best life every day. Our motto is New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Age Views, Life Coaching, Psychic Analysis, Alternative Medicine, and Cutting Edge Mind, Body, and Spirit shows can all be found on The Sky and Psychic Radio. Perhaps you have what it takes to join our broadcast family, an open mind, a great idea, and a passion for enriching lives. Check out all the exciting details by clicking the microphone on our homepage at NewSkyRadio.com or give Lisa Rodman a call at 248-546-9600 to learn just how affordable it can be to host a show. Coming up today on New Sky Radio. At 12 p.m. Eastern Time, it's GPS Your Career with Bonnie Marcus. At 1 p.m. Eastern, join Lori Houston for Intuitive Soul. Coming up at 3 p.m. Eastern, Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis. At 4 p.m. Eastern Time, join C.J. Liu for Fire It Up with C.J. C.J. Liu, a spiritual seeker who showcases ideas from today's most provocative trailblazers in the fields of spirituality, the environment, work, and relationships. Coming up at 6 p.m., it's Juicy Joy time with Lisa McCourt. Juicy self-development expert Lisa McCourt wants to teach you joy. According to Lisa, vibrant, sustainable, delicious daily joy is not a myth or an elusive fantasy to be chased. At 8 p.m. Eastern Time, ask Sarah Wiseman. Call in early for this fast-paced and interactive show. Coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern, empower, enlighten, envision with Lady Sarah and Sophie. Tap into your inner self with Dr. Doug Lehrer at 10 p.m. Eastern. Health and spiritual wellness combined tonight on New Sky Radio. For more on these shows and all New Sky Radio shows, check out NewSkyRadio.com slash show. New Sky Radio and Radio.com. Powered by CBS Radio. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. 
Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, and we are talking of the power, not the power. Well, elemental spirits. Elemental spirits and nature spirits and all sorts of fun things like that. So answering a question, finishing our answer to our question from Nick in Marietta, Ohio. um, I think they are real. They are independent entities, but I think they have multiverse origins. Surprise, surprise. In other words, the places they manifest are textbook thin places, as indigenous peoples might say a place where multiple quantum worlds can intersect and the inhabitants can influence each other. Uh, Water, land areas with the right geotechnics to have weird EM fields, etc., etc. I think that elementals are multiversal beings. I have found them mostly benign. And because we are all facets or aspects of God, that part seems to be right as well, in my opinion. On a less lofty level, I have heard the term elemental applied to apparitions of human body parts, for lack of a better term, the floating hand. I've actually run into one of those. Ah, a thing. I mean, a thing, right, right, a thing. Was that a little, oh, that explains that. Okay. Yeah, there we go. A floating arm or ah, face in the air or at a window. Now, probably the, the, the only one I ran into, uh, really, that I can remember, well, there were a couple things, but the only thing I uh, had sort of direct contact with was a floating uh Hand uh, that would appear. What about the floating head at uh, uh what's it called? Shaja Gabor. No, no, no. We're not talking about Gary Larson cartoons oh. <laughs> here. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about at uh, Barrah. Oh, Hack. oh, Barrah Hack. Yes, that one. Well, that's one of the ones I was thinking of. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. See, we couldn't see a body. We just see this head floating about about the where a man would. But stand. I have a, I have a story to tell you. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I told this to you or not, but um. You never tell me anything. No. We only you know. No, we ne- we never talk. This is the only time. Known you all your life. Yeah, <laughs> where where have you been all my life? Anyway, um, I forget. No, I do remember what I was going to say. Uh, I was going to mention that uh, you do remember that trip I took when I was a senior in high school to the Navajo Reservation, correct? Oh, I couldn't forget it. It was your 18th birthday. Yes, and with those, and they sent you stale cookies. Yes, they were the. They, they were weren't great. stale when they were. Sh- anyway, go ahead. Well, anyway, the stale cookies aside, uh, we went to this place in Arizona, in northern Arizona. That's like a little version of a Grand Canyon that's on the Navajo Reservation. Oh, Canyon de Chelly? I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, um, I remember a bunch of people went down and I was just like, I'm not gonna go. And they were like, why? And I was like, I don't think I should. So I basically just stood up on the ridge, got in a, took a few nice pictures, hung out there, took in the site. And when uh, my group came back a few hours later, they were just like, the weirdest thing happened. And like they were telling me that they were trying to... Um, I knew I shouldn't have gone down there, and I was right not to have gone down there because apparently this was one of the thin places that one of the natives spoke of. And um, a few of my friends were like, oh, hey, let's climb this rock over here. And they started to climb it. And out of nowhere, these two natives come out, and they're just like, hey, what are you kids doing? Like, don't mess with that. Like, you, like they, they, like, berated these people because they were, gonna, they were, like, messing with this rock. And apparently they were like, you, if you mess with this rock, bad things are going to happen. Like... <laughs> Hmm. It's like how you don't move if you find like um, artifacts, you don't touch them mm-hmm. or take them home because bad things happen. Yeah, and I was just like, wow, that's really. I was like, I knew it was a good idea to go down there. Like, <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, what might have happened. You know what happens today in certain areas like Rendlesham Forest? You you, you go into these altered states and all, the, and you collapse to the ground. Oh yeah, that probably would have happened there. You weren't ready for that then. No. I, I don't know if you're like, ready for it now. I don't, no, that wasn't that wasn't really the point of my story. The point was yeah. that people apparently could potentially just mess everything up there like every day, and it's a national park. 
Sure. Sure. Oh no, that that's that's really. No, I, I remember you telling something, but not not in that detail. No, I didn't remember if I told you that or not, because I just was like, I yeah. just I remember telling you about the experience in general because I was like, wow, it was really nice. But then I sort of forgot about that until I was like, oh wait, huh, I forgot that happened. Yeah. But that's what usually happens to me every day. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, but just uh, just very just before we finish up this subject, um, I had the experience with that head, and then there was this hand that appeared in uh, the window of the this house in Bridgeport, Connecticut, just before the poltergeist thing broke in 1974. And um, other than that, it doesn't say, it's not too common in my experience, but I do hear about it here and there. So anyway, that's, uh, that's enough on that subject. But we um, ought to do a show on that. There's a lot of interesting stuff about that. Uh, oh, I, I, oh, yeah, and I picked this one because it goes right along with that. This is um, from uh, Ellen in Selkirk, Manitoba. And she's talking about an arm. Ah, Manitoba. Yes. All right. Watch out for those elementals in Manitoba. Ah, uh, yes. Especially the uh, prime minister. Anyway, um... We don't live in Manitoba. Anyway, go ahead. I, was, I don't even know what I was making a reference to there. All right, so Ellen writes to us. Hi, Paul and Ben. I do not trust ghost hunters, but I would trust your advice. We have had uh, some strange encounters here in the house with an arm hanging in midair. We have lived here for 22 years and have never had a single hint of a ghost. Uh, then, in late December, we started seeing this arm. It can uh, it can be in any room. It started in the living room, and all you can see is this arm, but no shoulder. The forearm is raised, and you can see the hand. I have never seen it move. My husband said it started uh, because I listened to your show. <laughs> Now we are afraid uh, to have our grandkids come over uh, because we do not want them to be scared. What is this, and what do we do? Uh, all right, Alan. Uh, I would just say that um, th- this is very interesting. It doesn't seem to move, but it, it does appear in different rooms. In my experience with these, if, if you call these elementals, uh, you know, elemental body parts, I guess, it, uh, I hate to say it, but it's, it can be the prelude to a deeper problem all right now if you've lived all those years there and nothing has really happened uh you might have uh the area might have moved into a uh, an active geotechnic mode in other words i give you an example in reverse uh sometimes we've talked about these stone circles uh, that are in in the, the uh, particular really all over the world but the, the ones i visited are in the british isles and you walk into some of them nothing there gone Others are very magnetically, electromagnetically active. You can't take a clear picture. You, you see things. You, you, you get dizzy. I suppose it's due to geotechnics. Uh, yeah, and they move. Yeah, the, I mean, these, if you want to call them vortices, shift. whatever you want to call yeah. them, can move. Plates shift, so I guess that Things would have shift, to do yep. that. Things shift, yeah. And sometimes that's why some of these circles are still active and some are not. That, that's the opinion of myself and a number of other people who've researched it. So you, you might have an area like that might have moved into where you are. With all the recent earthquakes, I mean, that might have done something. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, seismically active in areas where that's not usually the case. Um, I would say that uh, we'd like to hear from you if there's anything else going on in the sense, you, and I'd ask you if you have any pets. If you have pets, sometimes uh, they can notice these things. They may get more nervous. There are certain areas they don't want to go where they went before. They don't want to go out. They don't want to come in. Something like that. I'd like to know if, if there's any of that going on. Other than that, it could be just a multiverse experience. You may have caught someone. I think this happens rarely, but I've heard of situations where people can catch a moment 
in space-time that just comes through the boundary into where they happen to be. Sort of like uh, uh, like Einstein's bell curve or something? Well, in a sense, yeah. And, and they see like almost like a still photograph oh. of something like that. It's very rare, but that, that could be what's happening. Why it's moving around could have something to do with the energies at the site. Yeah. So I would say um, keep us posted on that. I always sell out to people, and usually they do, and I can't handle it. But they, I would say that that may be the possibility. And when I say it could be the prelude to something uh, – uh, a little more hefty, uh, as in the Bridgeport case, I would say that uh, just uh, keep an eye and keep us informed. And, and again, look for other signs that there might be funny things going on with space-time uh, in that vicinity. So uh, I'll leave it at that and I'll leave it to you to, to kind of uh, keep us uh, keep us posted. Okay, we can we got a break coming. We can start one here. Uh, oh, this is a good one. This is uh, from Chuck in Jacksonville, Florida, having to do with spirit and memory. Okay, so uh, Chuck writes to us, Hi guys, I really enjoy the show and learn something new every time. Uh, Paul, I think I have read everything you have ever uh, wrote on the paranormal. Sure hope not. I I think you are really on to something important, uh, some important new ideas. But I have found a flaw in your thinking Uh uh, when it comes to spirits. I see your point that spirits of dead people couldn't logically have full memories or knowledge because... A physical brain is required for that, and they don't have bodies or brains anymore if they are spirits. So you logically conclude uh, uh, they are still in their bodies in a parallel world where they never died. I can see that people without bodies cannot be real and complete people, but you also say that physics shows that memory and imagination uh, and those traits are not really in the brain but are in the collective unconscious, as you put uh, put it in uh, as you put it, they are non-local. Uh, so if that is true, why can't a spirit tie into the collective unconscious and still have their memories without a brain? Oh, that is a good point. Yeah, I can. That is a good point. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chuck, for writing that. Uh, however, I, I think there's more to it than you're considering. Um, first of all, for anybody to access the collective unconscious, if that's what it is, or these non-local memories. And, and, but by the way, it's not just me saying it's non-local. It's a lot of physicists say that, that consciousness is, itself is expanded. And psychologists. And, and psychologists, especially transpersonal psychologists. But in any case, you need, a, a, at least we, to be full, fully what we are, seemingly, need a brain to access and process that information. I don't know what, what, what organ or anything a uh, spirit might use to access and process that information. Now, there are those who believe, particularly spiritualists, that there are spiritual equivalents in a spirit of the physical brain and of the this and that and, and, and in all, you know, all this way, you know, and of clothing and all. And I suppose that's possible, but I, I just have never found that. I mean, I respect the opinion, but I've never, never really found it. Um, <clears throat> so that's one thing. Also, there's plenty of other physical evidence that I have experienced that I use other than the brain thing to believe that the so-called ghosts are actually the actual people uh, seen through the veils into a parallel reality where they never died, even if they died here, or even if they're still alive here, or whatever, because you see ghosts of people who are still alive here, too. Uh, There's plenty of physical evidence. Uh, I've had physical contact with entities of this kind, sometimes in a hostile manner, and uh, goes to those being parasites, of course. But in any case, I don't think that the, the whole spirit thing bo- has always bothered me because it does not quite do the job as far as what I've 
what I've experienced in the paranormal over the last four decades and more. So, and also there has been, uh, there are physical effects that are caused by uh, these things too. I've seen uh, actually a, a bite taken out of a sandwich, which is supposedly done by a spirit. There was nobody in that room. And uh, we heard a kind of a, a tussle when we came in, and there was, there was had been a sandwich on the table. One one of us was going to eat, and somebody, something had taken a bite out of it. You can see the teeth marks and everything else. So unless spirits have teeth, then I think we're looking at a multiverse experience here where worlds converged, and the guy who ate the sandwich, we couldn't see him, but the sandwich was partially eaten, so that kind of thing. All these little things, physical effects that have added up, not to mention the fact that I've been injured on several occasions uh, by this. So... Um, I think what we're looking at is a lot more than the classical spiritual interpretation. Ben, uh, I don't know if you've had any physical contacts yet. No, well, sort of, but uh, no, no, I see, I see what he's saying. Yeah, I see what he's saying, but I don't know if it's uh, if that quite does it. I think you need a brain to process that. I think he's just sort of playing devil's advocate here. Oh yeah, no, no, I respect this, and I, well, I, I have, I have thought about it and considered it. And uh, but the qu- real question is, what is the nature of these entities, and am I right or am I wrong? So that, that's really, really Well, we thing. don't know. <laughs> well, we don't know. That's it. All, everything you know is wrong. That's the motto of the show. Indeed. So thank you for writing, Chuck. A good question. And uh, write again anytime. So we are about to take another break. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. We will be right back with some more of our emails and some very good questions from our very smart listeners. So stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call me 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we are reading emails tonight, and we're doing an open line show because we have so many. We better do that every once in a while. Uh, ben has run off into the blue, hopefully just temporarily, so I will read this next one. This is from Pat in Middleborough, Massachusetts. Uh, Dear Paul and Ben, I am always excited to hear your UFO shows. Uh, your show with Ted Phillips about the changing kinds of UFOs over the years uh, really caught my attention. I was wondering about, wondering about your opinion about these changing craft. Is it that the craft are changing or is it that how we see them is changing? And what does it all mean? He refers to the show with Ted Phillips on uh, this station, on on the network, rather, on show 183, October 24th, 2010. That is available at BehindTheParanormal.com in the podcast for 2010. So, Ted Phillips. Uh, Ted is one of the greatest uh, gatherers of physical UFO evidence, uh, lists of literally 1,300, 1,400, or actually more, several thousand UFO incidents and the physical evidence for their landings. Anyway, uh, to answer the question, uh, well, my opinion, because no one really knows, but what we were saying on that show and what still seems to be the case is that in days of yore, people would see metal craft. Uh, We have uh, accounts from uh, the the ancients even of seeing flying shields, as they would describe them. They seem to describe the craft in accord with their own uh, cultural and social uh, frame of reference. So you know, I think round would be a shield. Uh, by the time you got, and then, and then there were cigars, flying cigars in the 19th century, uh, all the way through airships in the uh, early part, later part of the 19th century, early 20th, and then people would see flying saucers. You know, like like from your tea set, that kind of thing. They look like flying saucers. So, and then they had these metal craft, and they would land. And there'd be interactions sometimes or abductions or whatever. And then, and then lately, especially in the past 10 years, there seems to be a trend toward more ethereal kinds of craft, uh, more like orbs, uh, like the ubiquitous orbs you see among the paranormal investigator types uh, in their photographs, things of this kind. They could be accounted for in a number of ways, but uh, they often consider them, quote, spirit orbs and things of this kind. But a lot of the UFOs being reported look like that today. Sometimes very large, sometimes very small. Uh, sometimes they follow people around. And here's, here's where we start to blend many paranormal uh, realms. You have the UFO realm with, with the, this whole business of orbs, uh, which, of course, uh, is reminiscent of ball lightning. So really, who knows? Uh, so that, that trend does seem to be going on. People still see luminous craft and things of this kind, but uh, you don't hear them described as uh, flying cigars much anymore. Although now you have these uh, triangle UFOs. Um, these are seemingly very common. We uh, were recently, I was on a show last night um, on uh, an internet station, and I was a guest, and they were, were they were asking me for various UFO cases. And a lot of them recently, including the Phoenix Lights case, uh, which is very well known in Arizona, uh, have have involved these triangular craft, but it's not just in the Southwest, in the Hudson Valley of New York and in central Connecticut. And we have these weird things going on that Ben and I are investigating uh, Long Island uh, in the Southern States too. People are reporting uh, these triangular shaped UFOs usually. And this has been in, in Europe and pretty much everywhere. 
they appear to be in something like the shape of a of a carpenter's T square or or angle measurement device. There, uh, they seem to have lights uh, lined up along the bottom. They move at either very high speed or very low speed, usually with no noise, although a whooshing sound has been described in conjunction with one of these sightings. Uh, They can be at various heights, and uh, they don't seem to really bother anybody. And some people, uh, I don't know if they're just the moon bat types or what, but people I know and respect from the Southwest have said that they have felt a, a, a great sense of uh, and sometimes relief, sometimes great uh, spiritual peace, and uh, they just love these things. And they think that it's a it's a benign message from somebody or other saying that everything's going to be okay. Well, I, I I hope that's the case, but I I don't know. I, I saw the Phoenix lights myself, didn't feel any particular uh, peace about it, but uh, there it is. So. Uh, again, my opinion of these changing craft is that, uh, well, they, they seem to be changing. I don't know. And, of course, there's always the possibility that these are uh, experimental craft from our own government, governments, or someone else. I mean, I, I, there's, a, there's a part of me that wants to believe that our government is maybe just as much in the dark as we are and is really not behind some of these sinister things and might be just as much a victim as we are. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people would take exception to that, and maybe they're probably right, but... Uh, just the, the idea is we really don't know after all these years of investigating this stuff, really what is going on, who this is, what it is, what it wants, what it's for, where it's from. We don't know. All right. So there we are. So everything's changing. All right there, Pat. But uh, in changing into what, I suppose we really can't be sure. Um, what does it all mean, you ask? Well, I don't know. If you ask some of these folks in the Southwest who feel great sense of peace when they see this stuff, well, maybe it means that uh, we're entering a new era. A lot of people like to think that. Uh, I'd like to think it, too, because this, this one's about had it. Uh, moving into a new era of peace and understanding, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, that would be great. Another step in our evolution. Fantastic. But I don't know. I always have that a little bit of uh, uh, a few doubts about that kind of thing. So because we, we uh, are very easily duped creatures and parasites will sometimes take certain guises in order to, to, to push our buttons so they can eat. So that's about all I, um, all I can say about that. But I would, again, uh, refer you to BehindTheParanormal.com, our website, and uh, look, look at the podcast page for 2010, and you can see show number 183 uh, on this network, October 24th, and you can hear that interview with Ted Phillips. It was very interesting. And as a matter of fact, uh, I, we've asked Ted to come back. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't booked him yet, but we're going to have him back soon uh, to talk about what's going on in the latest uh, realm with this, uh, this particular issue. Okay, now here is another one on the UFO issue here. This is from uh, Miguel H., the one that was last name used, from Phoenix, Arizona, the very realm of the Phoenix Lights. And uh, Miguel writes, I saw a Christian movie recently, and it said that there are lots of UFO sightings and close encounters, but they never go anywhere. They never make people or society better, and there seems no point to it. I think maybe they are right, and I have heard you say these aliens could really be demons. I think you are right. Well, all right, I'll hold on there, Miguel. I have said that we study cases for a long time, and we look at all aspects of them, and we, we find uh, cases leading into different areas of the paranormal, 
at the same time. For example, uh, this case where I was talking about in Central Connecticut started with ghost reports in 05. It led from there into sightings of greys and UFOs and troops and a possible secret base. And, you know, you name it, it's part of this case. The only thing... Uh, we haven't seen is uh, Bigfoot come, uh, you know, striding into their living room. So um, we, what, what, what we're saying here is that there are many times that these, uh, it, what people have thought were alien visitations actually turned out to be parasitical entities, what folklore calls demons. Uh, we think that they are actual life forms that feed upon people's negative energy. I mean, out there in the, in, in the, the vast biosphere or multi-biosphere, you, you, you've got all kinds of amazing Creatures that we can't imagine from our own, our own limited experience, and they, they live everywhere, and they can eat anything, and they do all kinds of, of amazing stuff. So I think that's what we're referring to. I'm not saying that all uh, of these alleged aliens are actually demons, okay? So, um, but again, we do advise caution all the time in, in these matters, and we always suggest that people... Uh, not believe everything they see or hear, particularly in the paranormal, because very little in the paranormal is what it appears to be. And I would just say that uh, to be careful with that. However, I did make a few notes here for our friend uh, Miguel. And uh, the question of UFOs is, you know, what are they really? Uh, now, most people assume that they're spacecraft from other planets because that fits our own frame of reference. Right, Ben? Indeed. He's back. Like assuming that ghosts are spirits of the dead. Uh, we can deal with that if we have to. But our frame of reference is narrow and completely inadequate. There are a number of other answers to what UFOs could be. They could be time travelers. That's been proposed. It's been proposed on this show. Inhabitants of alternate parallel worlds or a combination of all three possibilities. UFOs could be living creatures themselves. And, you know, when you see these orb things. Or skyfish. Or skyfish, yeah, these things moving, it makes you wonder. And you know what, I, th I look back to the Roswell case, and, and some of the witnesses described this material as being uh, more skin-like than metallic. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting, you know. Uh, of course, they supposedly did find bodies there, too, but who knows about that or all kinds of stories. Maybe uh, it ate something along the way. What? I'm saying if it was a living thing, maybe it ate something along the way. Yeah. It could also be an alien. Well, yeah. Yeah, who knows? They, they could be drones run by artificial intelligence, or they could be something completely beyond our range of possibilities. And we very often will boggle UFO experts who are on the show, even when we ask that. It's, you know, what if this is something, you know, you, they sit learnedly and discuss all this stuff that they found. But what if it's something beyond our range of possibilities? Even the best of them can't prove anything. Really, mm, they, yeah, that's true. Other than that, than that the, they exist. The, or they see something. Exactly. Um, okay, well, we're going to take another break, believe it or not, and we'll be right back with this UFO question because I have a few more points to make that really make things really weird. So stay with us. It is Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. We'll be right back in a minute. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Well, hello there and welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And we are talking of the possibility of UFOs being what we don't think they actually, or what we might not actually know what they are. Actually, that's not the right way to put it. The right way to put it probably well, something is... something beyond our own range, yes. of, our own our own framework, or beyond our own Indeed. range of possibilities. That's what I meant. Yeah, so. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. So, in any case, uh, just to finish up this subject, there are a lot of factors that go into this that we don't notice, I think, because of our assumptions that these are craft from other planets, which is only one of a number of possibilities. One of the most important factors that go unnoticed, I think... Uh, or in, among them, ones that go unnoticed, I think, uh, well, like the O'Hare Airport case of 2006, the thing took off at a high rate of speed and, and left like a hole, a perfectly round hole in the clouds or in the, or in, in the sky, <clears throat> as it was told. Now, this, people say, oh, well, it's just, it went so fast. But, I mean, you know, that's not a normal thing to have happen. They sometimes will appear and disappear right in front of people, UFOs, uh, like ghosts. Uh, some people see them while some don't. That happens with ghosts, too. A uh, craft or a being may appear wavy or shimmering when you look at it, like it's kind of, you know, not, not quite in our world. Uh, many different kinds of craft, many different kinds of aliens have been reported, though greys seem to be the dominant species at this point. Uh, all these factors are, are indications of coming and going from their textbook examples of coming and going from or being partially in our good old parallel worlds. So that is either where they come from or how they travel or whatever, in my opinion. So who knows? But these are all things we need to consider, especially that hole in the sky thing reminds me of Skywalker. Skin, Skywalker, right? Skywalker. Skin, Skinwalker, yes. <laughs> yes, George Lucas. In the- he doesn't want me. He wants somebody called Skywalker. But no. <laughs> But the the, uh, the the holes in the sky, the Skinwalker Ranch is what I'm talking about. Yes. And the idea is that the, supposedly scientists have observed this, and we're trying to get some on the show, but it's not easy. Uh, holes appearing well, in the hush, sky. Hush. Well, it is. Well, yeah, but I mean, gee. I suppose, well, I guess if it is hush, I just don't want to come on a talk show. Yeah. <laughs> but back and forth through holes in the sky come these UFOs. Uh, they've witnessed supposedly uh, holes opening in midair and creatures coming in and out. I mean, this is the multiverse at its best. Indeed. You know, and so there we are. So uh, w- whether we can find out about that, but these are all things that indicate to me that uh, our, our good old assumptions aren't always uh, necessarily correct and are, matter of fact, probably wrong. Uh, so anyway, uh, and, and of course, the, the issue of what the government knows is another thing. So let's, uh, we're almost uh, burning up the show here. Let's, let's go to one. No, no, here, okay, I'm looking. I have a number of notes on a number of cases here that illustrate uh, what we're saying. Oh, yes, uh, but a, a, and lovely, a lovely email would be fine. Yes. Uh, here's one from Millie J. in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, so Millie writes to us. Hi, our uh, dear Paul and Ben. I wrote to you last year about a ghost in my house. I am the mother of, uh, or I am the mother with five kids, and your advice helped. Uh, one thing that was really weird uh, was that all the trouble stopped on December 21st last year. It's weird. Uh, we have not had a peep out of the ghost since. My older kids thought the world was going to end, but the ghost ended instead. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Man. There we go. Uh, my two oldest daughters and uh, me listen to your podcasts and hearing you talk about a nuke war. 
or nuclear war, rather. Uh, now the North Koreans are, are talking about just that. Do you think this is fulfilling what you are talking about? What do we do? Well, well, in six lines is an awful lot. Yes, yes. Uh, well, we're not Conrad here, so we can't really... Conrad? I haven't heard that term since 1965. Yep. And, uh, yeah, the old uh, term for civil, the civil defense uh, system. Anyway... Uh, okay, well, we got the ghost thing. I'm glad that that happened uh, as far as it not happening and leaving. I remember I dug out your previous uh, email there, Millie, and uh, read about what your problem was. I'm glad that uh, we were able to help. Um, it's funny. On December 21st, maybe the uh, the quote-unquote ghost uh, thought the world was going to end, too, and took off, right? So that, that would... Uh, or maybe but... the ghost world did end. Yeah, you know, actually, I, I didn't think it. You're right. Some see the the very this is the the principle in quantum mechanics and the multiple worlds interpretation that if if that every world every possibility exists somewhere or somewhere, so they're undoubtedly and because it can be imagined it must we must be picking it up from somewhere so there must have been a world or a number of worlds that really did end and go poof on the twenty first of December twenty twelve that's a good point Ben so yeah. may, it might be a long shot that this. Whoever this well, was was in that. Well, yeah, you meant that as, I, as a, as a of, funny, but actually well, you touched well, on something sort of, rather sort profound. Of. Well, I, I, it was half profound, half tongue in cheek. Yes. Well, even without the tongue thrust deeply into the cheek, that is a possibility, but uh, or it could be coincidence if there was any such thing. Um, I have an idea for a show on coincidence, but uh, we Sounds have not had a peep out of the ghost since. That's great. Uh, my older kids thought the world was going to end, but the ghost ended instead. <laughs> Uh, the two oldest. Okay, now, now on the nuke thing, I want to stress that's my opinion, and when I'm talking about that, it's uh, we're not th- like this proclaiming stems- a prophecy here. Well, no, no, no. You see, this stems back to a show we did with George Nury on Coast to Coast uh, about two years ago, and yeah. we we uh, I expressed the opinion that the impression that I have received during cases or du- during uh, contacts with neighbors from i guess what you could only call other worlds or or you know neighbors from neighboring parallel worlds that you can't help but run into whether you know it or not if you're doing paranormal cases there is a lot of uh, concern out there that the whole community of parallel worlds the ones that are most similar to each other uh, are facing some serious issues uh, through the 2016 period and beyond and in my personal opinion and this goes back to my military training and 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 things I've learned in that realm that the, the circumstances are right for a very serious a nuclear problem. So uh, well, I'll just leave it at that, but this is not some kind of prophecy or anything, you know, we don't do that. Uh, so anyway, what do we do? Well, you just do what you're supposed to do. You, you fulfill your responsibilities day to day. You love your family. You take care of your family. You appreciate them. Tell, tell them you love them. Don't wait. And that's what you do. Uh, there's no point in worrying about things you can't do anything about. What you can do about them is to prepare yourself. And I'd like to do a show on what, what people. Well, uh, we'll get into that later. But we you know what kind of what lies ahead. What sort of things can we do for our? I guess what is commonly known as the afterlife. So we'll we'll deal with that in another show. But thank you, uh, Millie, for writing. We're just about running out of time here, so we will close out uh, this show. Uh, thank you all for writing in as, as you have. Uh, I point out you can look at uh, my 
books, uh, Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, and Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, uh, the Behind the Paranormal site, Amazon.com, uh, Barnes & Noble Nook, uh, Kindle, Amazon Kindle, they're all available there, uh, or you can get them through your bookstore. And we do uh, send you to our site, BehindTheParanormal.com, and you can find out lots of stuff about us there. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we will see you right here next week, March 17th, when my dad and I will welcome the author, Dierlon, for a look at the weird world of 3D printing. That might not sound very paranormal, but there are some pretty strange implications for the future. In the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time show on WON 1240 AM uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. And check out 450 free podcasts at BehindTheParanormal.com. We leave you this evening with a thought from some unknown soul. Words may lie, but actions always tell the truth. I'm Paul Eno. And That's I'm- true. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on a great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.